America, Washington, D.C., signing on. When the Santa's Radio Contra back on the air after a little bit of a short break on this end, a little bit of a short break, but we are back live here in the Gorilla Camp, located deep in the heart of rural northern North Carolina. And uh, man, it is good to be back with all of you. Things have been absolutely wild, um, wide open on this end wide open and i am in the middle of trying to write yet another book uh to get that kicked out to all of you out there uh, another uh, no doubt bestseller another uh way to impart knowledge out there and i think that this one is going to be a real game changer when i get it out uh but but it has been kind of slow going because I've uh, got a heck of a lot on the plate, a lot of things going on, a lot of irons in the fire, and a lot of projects with brushbeater.store. Uh, so if you're not over there, if you haven't checked this out yet, if you haven't uh, been listening to this podcast, if you've been under a rock, I'm getting a lot of first-time, uh, brand-new customers over there. So, uh, you know, big shout-out to you guys out there because this has quickly turned a side project in a way to uh, uh, bring equipment and uh, kind of, you know, the, the things that we use in class uh, in all the classes, uh, it, it you know, it, it, as a way, kind of an alternative to Amazon, uh, something really for the community. And now this is really taken off like a wildfire. So uh, it's pretty pretty impressive to see how it has grown in such a short amount of time. And uh, 2024, we're already looking ahead to 2024. And speaking of, over on the store, uh, the first date for 2024 is up. The RTO course in January, the uh, uh, basic RTO, two days, advanced RTO, two-day course, and the signals intelligence course that is going to follow that up in January here in North Carolina. So it's going to be a little chilly, uh, probably going to be a little icy, a little, little wet, a little damp that time of the year, um, you know, it's a little frozen precipitation and whatnot. But we are going to have a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, the January class, to me, is always a heck of a lot of fun. Um, I, I just, I really like that time of the year. Uh, I really like running classes that time of the year. It is, it, it is a heck of a lot of fun. I like running classes anytime. Uh, but the fall 
and the the winner have really special ah man i don't know what it is i don't know what it is it's a special feeling uh it's a special feeling i really enjoy it but i always loved those months when i was growing up uh really love those months as an adult um you know, it, it's and, and it's North Carolina. It doesn't get ridiculously cold here. It does get cold. It doesn't get ridiculously cold. You can still go out. You can have fun. Uh, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff uh, that you can get into. We don't we don't have terrible winters. We do get frozen precipitation, but we don't have terrible winters uh, like other corners of the United States. So you can actually enjoy some stuff. Uh, you can get out. Winter time is a good time. That's a good time. And then you, every so often we'll have those nice 50 degree days where, you know, you can get away with wearing a t-shirt outside. And, you know, it's, it's nice and not too hot. Good day to, to spend roaming in the woods, doing all kinds of fun stuff, you know. Uh, but anyway, I digress. I am rambling. But uh, speaking of classes, speaking of classes, Combat Studies Group, my buddy Kay, has his ground rod courses coming up in just a few weeks just a few weeks and so check that out over at combat studies group um his website and of course i have links to that down below this ground rod course is um he's going to be doing a carbine course carbine and handgun course up here as well on my range and he's got another one uh that is focused on travel that is a one-day course you know, I'm going to tell you, he's a world-class shooter. He is a, just all-around incredible guy. Um, you know, just a good personal friend and somebody that, that I can't recommend enough. Um, you know, it's, this is uh, you know second time he's been out to my place. I've trained with him a few times now, um, you know, and, and I'm blessed enough to call him a friend. And so, uh, you know, if you're not enrolled, especially in Ground Rod, especially in ground rod. If you're not enrolled in those courses, you need to get in those. Uh, you need to get in those and you need to get in those ASAP. I would say they're every bit as important as the RTO course, possibly more so, possibly more so. Um, you know, you're, you're not really dealing with radio. There's a lot of infosec, uh, comsec. There is some overlap with some of the things that you do in advanced RTO, but um, there's some really, really cool stuff that you are going to get hands-on doing in that class that I'm telling you will be important going into the future. Will absolutely be important. I mean, if you're concerned at all about privacy, security, anonymity, if you are at all concerned about uh, your digital exhaust and masking that, this is the course for you. Okay, this is the course for you. This is the one that you want to get in on. Uh, so every bit as meticulous as I am with communications knowledge and comsec and and you know all all of the things that that we do uh, the RTO course he has that same fervor as it applies to um, you know all of the digital topics and he's the subject matter expert on it uh, on top of being just one heck of a good dude 
just all around good guy. Uh, devout Christian, really, really incredible, talented instructor. Uh, so those dates are up. Um, they are not on brushbeater.store. You have to go to his website to, to uh, get them. But I do have blurbs that have been put out. And, of course, for all of you on Twitter, I've been sending out the good word about Kay as well over there. He's a well-known guy, uh, primarily Pacific Northwest and, um, you know, doing his training out there. But, you know, bringing him, bringing him to the East Coast now twice this year. And uh, really, really excited for that. So, anyway, and I'm excited to, to engage with all of you. I know for a lot of people that I know are going to be coming to this class, it's going to be like a homecoming because they're alumni of mine as well. And uh, this is going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Uh, as as y'all know, uh, nobody throws a party quite like the party that we throw at the G Camp. Uh, we we know how to have a good time, uh, and they, and we've had some legendary nights. Uh, that's that's all I can say. That is all I can say about that. Uh, but speaking of classes, got another class date up on the calendar. It is up on the store, and I'm gonna have some uh, write ups about it. Is an extended. This is by request. It is an extended signals intelligence course. So there are going to be uh, three days now rather than two. And so you're going to get some additional hands-on, a lot more practical exercises. We're going to go real deep into it. We're going to get hands-on with uh, a lot of the the techniques that we don't really get to... um, necessarily uh, go deep into because we've got a whole nother day uh, to work on it and that's going to be out of Missouri Uh, so those dates are up as well it's going to be early November uh, first weekend in November and that is up on the calendar so all of you in the Midwest um, this is going to be your last chance this year to get in on that training uh, this is going to be the last chance this year to get in on uh, training with me as I bring it to you. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to have a heck of a lot of fun. I know and am good friends with Course Host out there. Uh, he knows how to have a good time. And I uh, promise you, we're, we're, we're going to have some fun. Uh, we're going to have some fun. Missouri is always fun. Uh, Missouri is always fun. Last time I was out of Missouri, I, I had an absolute blast. Um couldn't have asked for a, a better class out there it was windy it was cold in, in may uh, but of course this is going to be in a different place uh, this is uh, southern missouri where we're going to be um and we so it's it's going to be a different environment a uh, different environment down there but um a little little less austere I will put it like that, a little bit less austere. So we're going to have a heck of a lot of fun. Anyway, 10 minutes into the show, let's let's dive into some things. So, you know, first and foremost, um, haven't really had a whole heck of a lot of time to get podcasts kicked out um, for that. Uh, that is a personal disappointment of mine. But, you know, right now my big focus has been really on getting the orders out in an expedited fashion from the store, uh, brushfeeder.store. And, you know, really focusing on keeping things in stock, um, which is just absolutely insane. The order volume has been through the roof. 
And uh, for that, I just, I really can't thank y'all enough. And so I've had to burn the midnight oil to be able to make sure that I have enough stock going into the fall. And, um, you know, we don't have the extended lead times that uh, may arise from a variety of, of world factors out there. Um, you know, dealing with suppliers overseas is always kind of a, a challenge. Um, and, you know, I am still kind of new at, at a lot of this. But uh, what I can tell you, what I can tell you is, is, you know, war on the horizon. And I was talking to um, a delivery man today working for one of the, the sh- big shipping companies. Uh, he was dropping off a shipment of stuff today. Uh, so, you know, products coming back in stock, keeping products from going out of stock, so on and so forth. And uh, conversation dove into China and Taiwan. And, you know, where I thought it was going. Now, this guy uh, has followed Radio Contra for a long time. Um, you know, he's just all around solid guy. And, um, you know, it's, he, he always spends a, a decent amount of time here. And, you know, we're, we're just talking, a couple of good old boys talking, you know, taking some time out of our day to do that. And um, it, it's really good to have a good relationship with the uh, people that handle shipping for you uh, because it enables very quick shipping. Uh, if, if, you know, some of you out there have, have noticed, uh, we, we get packages out really, really quick. A lot of people on social media are, uh, complimenting that we get products out to people, uh, faster than Amazon does. Uh, so, you know, we're getting it out there. But anyway, we were talking about the, you know, the potential for war with, uh, uh, between China and Taiwan and what that's going to look like. And, uh, there are some conversations that I've had with, uh, people in the know that I can't necessarily disclose in public and wouldn't. Um, but it is, it is absolutely a likelihood. Uh, it is absolutely on the table and, and, you know, that's going to obviously impact the lead times on a lot of the products in stock. It might lead to, um, you know, an indefinite lead time on a lot of things. Uh, if you catch my drift. And so, you know, I'm trying to get ahead of that curve now, um, which is, is a pretty serious challenge. And that's taking a lot of time uh, to be able to do that. But, uh, you know, the, the thing I want to say, though, is that none of it would be possible without your support. And um, that's, that is something that I am absolutely, truly grateful for. And, um, you know, can't thank you enough cannot thank you enough but uh anyway that's that's really taking the bulk of the time and podcasting has had to kind of i don't want to say take a back seat to it but there's only so many things you can do during the day and my personal goal was to get this next book kicked out before the one year anniversary of the gorilla's guide to the Baofeng radio being released um, and that's a challenge. That's a pretty tall order. And, and, you know, right now I'm, uh, I'm four chapters into this. Um, it's, it's still going to take a lot of time and, you know, I've got to do that on top of everything else that we have going on. So, uh, it's a challenge. It is a challenge. And, um, 
I don't like being away from the microphone. I do not like being away from the microphone. I love, love, love doing podcasts, breaking down news, breaking down events, giving you something that you can use. Um, you know, and as uh, Ghostman in the comments on American Partisan noted once, that uh, one of the things that sets Radio Contra apart from, you know, let's be nice and say other alternative media is that, you know, I at least try to offer solutions for people because you come out to me, uh, whether that's in class or whether that's listening to a podcast or, you know, leaving comments or, or whatever, you this this community opens up to me in a way that is very, very unique very genuine and very authentic. And um, that is also something I'm very, very grateful for. Um, you know, and, and I, I feel like that if you are going to be listening to this podcast, it needs to be able to offer you a different perspective on the world. Um, you know, there's, there's some, some very important voices that are, that are being, um, you know, th- that are out there in, in the alternative media. Let's put it like that. There's some really good voices that are out there. Uh, but they're also there not necessarily to keep you informed uh, in all cases. And, you know, that just is what it is. Okay, that's the business end of things is what it is. Okay, um, so it, it's not good or bad or indifferent. It's just... You know, I, I kind of have a different objective behind things. Um, you know, I remember back in the days when Radio Contra was in its first few episodes, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, and I was really happy to get 200 downloads. Um, you know, and, and I know that by the time I post this up, from the time that this gets posted up to the time I check it again after... Um, you know, everything is, is calmed down and the dust is settled and I've listened to a little jazz music in the background and, and things kind of calm down. It'll have 200 downloads, you know, it, at least probably more. And so, you know, that's, that's always taken me, uh, aback a little bit of how quickly, a wonderful audience can manifest and, and can grow and can really do some incredible things. And so that's why with this podcast, with Radio Contra, I've always sought to at least offer you something, um, a different perspective on things. And so, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bad stuff right now. Um, you know, the, the Maui fire, I talked about that in the last episode, you know, that, that, um, you know, the longer this goes, the worse it gets. Um, you know, the the AP is reporting. Uh, the Associated Press has reported uh, several different instances of the roads uh, being blocked and people being turned back into the fire by law enforcement, uh, by emergency services, only to perish. You know... <sighs> I tell you, it, it's it's really, really sad, but it also stinks to high heaven. And when you look at uh, Biden's response to this, uh, when you look at the reports that there are FEMA representatives 
um, that are staying in, you know, four star hotels while they can't even get adequate shelter or answers to the people of, of this town. You know, it, that's really, uh, that's beneath the American people. That is the best way that I can say that. It is beneath the American people, but this is what we come to expect. Uh, this is what we come to expect. You have a government that is out of control, all right? You know, and, and to, the, to the lefties out there that are going to hear this podcast, I know you listen to this podcast too. I just ask that you listen to this with an open mind. Is this acceptable? Is this normal? And at whose feet does this blame? Don't tell me about climate change. I don't want to hear it. Okay? You're, you should be smarter than that. Alright? To the liberals out there. To the lefties out there. You're smarter than that. Okay? If you want to have a conversation about climate change, you have a conversation about it. Alright? That had nothing to do with this. The response to this was absolutely piss poor. And you know that if a Republican president, let's say if Donald Trump was the president when this had happened, what would you be doing? There would be riots. There would be inquiries. There would be calls for him to resign. Hell, there'd probably be an indictments, right? Probably. There should be. With this level of incompetence, you gotta keep gotta be kidding me you've got to be kidding me but but that's the world in which we live and you know you're not going to change because you can't at this point you can't your politics are an addiction to you you can't change your mind because you swallowed the poison you cannot see the forest for the trees of what is in front of you Yeah, there's a presidential debate tonight. I don't give a shit. I don't care. None of those guys will be the next president. Sorry, Ron DeSantis crowd. Hey, I like Ron DeSantis. like the guy. I love him. I think he's been a a wonderful governor in Florida. He's done a lot of great things. And he's really good at one thing in particular, and that's pissing off liberals. He's really, really good at it. And I like the guy. All right, Personally, I like the guy. I don't understand what the back and forth is going on between you know the the Trump crowd and you know the the DeSantis camp because those are the two heirs apparent. All the other guys, Ramswamy, okay, um, he's he's got too many too many ties to big pharma. Do I like some of the things the guy says? Oh yeah, yeah, love it. Look at the man though. Faces will lie to you, words will lie to you. Look at the man himself. Okay. Came from Big Pharma. All right. He's World Economic Forum alumni. I mean, come on. You know, come on. That that right there is a non-starter. Okay. So, but none of those other guys, none of these other guys, I mean, yeah, I saw a little bit of the drama with Larry Elder. Okay. Um, you know, sorry as I can be about that. And I like Larry, but this isn't doing anybody any good. I mean, it, it just, it's not. Um, none of these other guys, Asa Hutchinson, I mean, come on, they, you, you don't stand a snowball's chance in hell, so get the fuck off the stage. Just go. We, we don't want to hear it. Chris Christie, you know, Captain Diabetes, get off the stage. Like, we're, we're done with you. It's over. You praise the FBI, you're out of here. 
Okay, um, none of these people have a shot. So it, it, it's it's not realistic. It just it's it's a sideshow. Okay, um, it just is what it is. So, um, you know, with with that off the chest, because I know inevitably I will be asked, well, what do you think about that? I I, I don't care. Um, No, I don't care. I don't have time to waste on it. I would rather be recording a podcast with you, uh, which is exactly what we are doing. Um, So, of course, the uh, Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson interview will be going down here shortly. Uh, I am fascinated to see um, the numbers coming out of that. I don't necessarily care. I mean, I'm sure it'll be a typical uh, Donald Trump uh, interview. I don't, I just to be fair, I really don't have time for that either. Um, you know, he, he's it just is what it is. Okay, we've heard it all. It's whatever. Um, but I am interested in the numbers that will be coming out of it. Uh, the number of people that download it, watch it, interact with it, because we are watching, we're watching the death of the corporate news media model in real time. We're watching this in real time. Uh, Fox News had exclusivity on the Republican GOP debate. Right. And, you know, okay, you know, that's fine. Uh, Cable news is dying. It's dying quickly. News Corp is dying quickly. Uh, It is dying on the vine. Their ratings are in free fall. Uh, And, you know, when when they fired Tucker Carlson, and I've talked about this in the past, when they fired Tucker Carlson, they got rid of him because, you know, he, he was, he's a real alternative media figure. He is a genuine journalist out there who's asking questions people don't want asked that do not work in a corporatocracy model. And so they fired him. Um, what I don't think anybody in that insular complex could realize was, was that Tucker had become something so much bigger than than the sum of, of all the parts that he left behind. Uh, he, he was way more than, than the star player getting benched. Uh, way, way more than that. Way more than that. And so, with that said, uh, you know, now we are seeing the death of that in real time. Uh, in real time. It is fascinating. It is certainly fascinating. Um, and so that's what I'm most interested in. I, I don't necessarily care about what points anybody says when, you know, you're going to do this, that, because really the big story with Donald Trump right now is the indictments coming from, uh, Fulton County and, you know, the, the famous mugshots now that came out today. Um, and you know, we're, we're really, really entering, uh, bad, very bad waters. We are as a society, as a country, we're entering a very bad path right now with this. 
Now, I know, uh, you know, the liberal argument out there, well, law and order, law and order, right? Well, yeah, you're giving a free pass, literally, to one side. You're making up the law as you go, and you are hideously abusing the power of the prosecutorial office, uh, which is the most powerful office in the legal system in any given jurisdiction in American jurisprudence, by the way. Uh, this is something that a lot of the constitutional libertarians out there will uh, never tell you uh, because they're too busy. I remember in the, the 2000s, we got to elect constitutional sheriffs. We got to elect constitutional sheriffs. Well, you know, that's all good and well. And I'm not saying that's not important. But the same people, and to, a, to a person, by the way, to a person, every person that I met that ever said that, I said, well, okay, who's your prosecutor? Uh, who is the district attorney? Because that is an elected position as well. Who is that? Uh, crickets. Crickets. See, that's really important because they are the most powerful person in any jurisdiction. In American jurisprudence. If you don't speak legalese, it means that if the prosecutor, the district attorney, the office of the district attorney, whoever that is, says they're not going to charge you, they're not going to charge you. If they say they are going to charge you, they're going to charge you. They can indict a ham sandwich. This is what every L1 student in law school knows. They are taught this. A lot of other people are taught that too. But that's just the fact. Okay, so uh, what we are seeing though is, is a very dangerous abuse of this power. A weaponization of this power. Uh, we're watching this in real time. And uh, the thing is, is that we could say the pendulum swings two ways. Uh, but I, I don't think that really enough people understand the gravity of a statement like that. Um, it's not that it swings two ways as in all of a sudden the, the right wing will magically start standing up for itself. Uh, no, um, what it means is, is that they will lose legitimacy. That's what that means. And once a legal system loses legitimacy in the eyes of the people, it doesn't gain it back. This is something that they don't really understand. And this is something that liberals have a, a extremely uh, hard time even rationalizing. Is, is that when you're viewed as illegitimate and you're just something to be ignored, uh, which is quickly where they're headed. This, philosophically, this is where they're headed. Uh, they, your, your indictments are seen as a farce. And when you do that at the very top, and it has a trickle-down effect uh, for frivolous charges, well, then there is no more incentive to obey the law. Right? This is the, the fundamental foundational thesis behind general deterrence theory, is that if, if laws themselves or, or the administration of law is too draconian, then what incentive is there to follow the law? If it, the laws do not reflect, and the administration of the law in this case does not reflect the will of the people, 
and we could very clearly make an argument that it is not in this case, uh, then we are incongruent on where law actually exists. And yes, these are foundational legal philosophical principles. You can read up on some Dworkin or some HLA Hart, for example. I know uh, a few of you out there who have legalese backgrounds, maybe some JDs behind your names, are going to be scratching the recesses of your brain like, damn. But it's a fact. It is a fact. And when we no longer have that legitimacy, and, and we're losing it. All right, we're losing it on the street level. These street takeovers, right? The looting that you see in California. You know, the hell, you don't have to look at California. It's happening all over. But this most recent, the, this most recent one, dramatic one, was out in L.A., I think. Uh, it's hard to keep track of them because they're happening on a daily basis. You don't think that the two are somehow linked? Well, if the law is out to get that guy... Well, then, what's the incentive of me doing anything? Hmm? You need to think about that. Because you don't think about things in those terms. You need to, though. You need to. Conservatives are too busy pointing all the fingers out there. And, of course, the never-Trump crowd is too busy. See, that's why we need to vote for another guy. So we need to vote for Asa Hutchinson. Right. It's ridiculous. This is all ridiculous. And I've seen the forest for the trees either. And the Republicans, meanwhile, the congressional Republicans, well, you know, they're looking at this as this is a re-election campaign grift, baby. We are going to make some money. Donor class, throw us some money. Because, you know, we need to be re-elected so that we can really fight. Well, that's, see, even though we're in power now, but it's that next election cycle, and that's when we're really going to fight. And we need your money to be able to do that. Because we can't give you the results that you voted us in for yesterday, today. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to pay us today for what we're going to do tomorrow. And then when we show up tomorrow in between our lavish vacations that we're going to take and our self-enrichment schemes and our kickbacks and our bribes and our grifts and our grafts, well, then you have to throw us some more money and we're going to continue. We'll, we'll vote on a continuing resolution. There you go. All right. Politics in a nutshell. Representative politics in a nutshell. Their democracy. That is what that is. Meanwhile, I've got some news for you, GOP Republicans. Looks like special counsel Jack Smith is going to go after the House Freedom Caucus. And mark my words, mark my words in this episode, Freedom Caucus members are going to be indicted next. That's coming. They are going to be indicted. They are coming after you as well. You had the chance to do something to put the brakes on this and you did not do it. And instead, you put weak sauce McCarthy as the Speaker of the House, going to absolutely do nothing from the wonderful state of California. This program is brought to you in part by Nancy Pelosi and her nephew, Gavin Newsom. All right. 
They're going to do nothing. They're going to do absolutely nothing. Point to one thing the Republican Congress has done to put the brakes on this lawless, absolutely lawless administration. Name one thing. Can't come up with anything? Good, because I can't come up with anything either. Don't give these people another damn dime. I'm not. I'm not giving them any more money. None of them. None of them. They haven't earned their pay. They haven't done what they were they were elected to do. Meanwhile, what you have going on here, this is Jack Smith, right? This guy who is a political hitman. That is what he is. He is there to be a political hitman. Going out with these phony indictments doesn't matter. He is trying to isolate the most viable candidate from the voter base. That is all this is. His whole purpose in life is to shave off just enough voters to where they they just will have to cheat just that much in those key, quote-unquote, swing states. The ones that have electronic ballot machines. Right? That's exactly what they're doing, and they're doing it before your very eyes, folks. That's all this is. So, solutions. Well, you know, unfortunately with these indictments, these frivolous, phony indictments, the best thing that I can tell you is to keep your head about you. Now, the other thing that we're going to have to worry about going into the future is the resurgence of COVID. Of course, you have all the talking heads that are out there. These messages are brought to you in part by Pfizer. Uh, Pfizer, whose stock was having kind of a rough spell. Uh, kind of a rough spell. They really, really, really need that tax money for those mandatory injections that they want to give you. All right. So, understand, going into this, folks, understand that they want to bring these measures back. They want to bring the lockdowns back. The liberals want you to be muzzled with these masks on. They want that because it gave them an, an empowerment that they did not previously have. Right? That they were scared. Oh, but now they're addicted to that empowerment. Because there was never any accountability. There was never any real accountability. And meanwhile, icing on the cake of it all is articles like the New York Times running... This hit piece saying that maybe elections are bad for democracy. Boy, that's gaslighting if I ever saw it right there. Ain't it? Yeah. Rough times ahead, folks. Definitely, definitely rough times ahead. And they're going to get worse. So for everybody with the burnout out there and, uh, you know, I don't know how much more of this stuff I can take. I really don't know why I'm staying the course, why I'm preparing myself, all the things, right? Well, there's your reason. There's your sign. Look at Maui right now. Right? You know, those people, I, I think out of all of the things that I saw that I, I could actually stomach uh, coming out of that, 
I think one of the most notable things I saw was a group of survivors that were on the beach. Um, you know, they, they were obviously disheveled, having a rough time. And uh, the one thing that the guy was saying, hey, we need this more than anything else, radios. We need communications equipment. We need that more than anything else. A voice to the outside world. Well, those kinds of things really put stuff in perspective. I remember uh, back in the early days of, of writing the Brushbeater blog, um, had a amateur radio group on Oahu because uh, I lived on Oahu for a little while, uh, but had amateur radio group from Oahu reach out. Uh, the Emergency Amateur Radio Club Hawaii, in fact. And uh, as a club, they build kits for in-fed antennas, uh, 9-to-1 un-uns, and kind of going deep into the uh, radio terminology there. But, um, you know, th- they sent one out, and uh, it was really awesome. It's really awesome stuff. And uh, it, it just, I tell you, it, it was... There's so many uh, great things that, that could be done because there is an emergency focus out there. I mean, they have hurricanes. Hawaii has hurricanes. Uh, a lot of us mainlanders, you know, we, we don't, especially like, you know, on the East Coast and the Gulf Coast, you know, we know hurricanes. Um, we don't really think of Hawaii as getting them, and they do. Uh, they absolutely do. But uh, earthquakes, for sure, tsunamis, which are the, you know, the after effect of, of earthquakes. They, they have all that stuff out there. Uh, so emergency preparedness is, is something that, um, you know, always gets a constant reminder every few years of, of why you need to be prepared for something. Uh, but things like what happened on Maui are... Uh, you know, that, that's, uh, unfortunately, that's just something that um, I don't think anybody saw coming. And, and it just so happened to be in the, the wealthiest, uh, most valuable land on the island. Um, you know, which, uh, conspiracy theories aside, it is a fact. It is stating a fact. And the, the whole is always the sum of its parts. But, um, anyhow, anyhow, I digress. With, with that said, shifting gears a little bit, because there's another current event thing, huge news that broke uh, just a bit ago. Yvegni Prigozhin, uh, the head of Wagner Group. Uh, Wagner Group, of course, is the infamous, uh, quote-unquote, mercenary army. Uh, of the Russian Federation, which two months ago, exactly two months ago, the media lauded as running a coup, quote unquote. It was exactly two months ago that that occurred. And uh, on the air with the Privy Council, uh, going back and and, uh, you should go back and listen to that episode. It was exactly two months ago. So it was a Wednesday night. I uh, forget the offhand, the, the episode number, but, um, anyhow, anyhow, we were de- doing a deep dive into that. So I contended then, and I contend now, I did not change from that, that this was Wagner's pivot. Um, this was not a coup quote unquote against the, the Russian government. Uh, there was a lot of evidence of smoke and mirrors, 
the aircraft that were burned up were um, there were really no debris fields with it. It looked like it was a demo in place for a couple of them. Um, the one helicopter getting shot down kind of, I don't know, man, it just, it had a flavor to it that was just a little strange. Um, just, I don't know. I didn't buy it. But what was significant was that, uh, just prior to that, you had Wagner, uh, both the, the, the rank and file as well as Pergozin himself, who was calling out the Russian ministry of defense. They were very unhappy with them. And so I'm about to give a breakdown that is very different than I think anything that you're going to hear anywhere else. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that this is what happened, but it kind of makes sense to me. So we know that, that Wagner moved into Belarus, right? And there was probably a lot of friction uh, between Sergei Shoigu, who is really loyal to a lot of the oligarchs. That, that's how he got his job uh, as the Russian Ministry of Defense uh, headman. Is uh, He's got a lot of backing from the Russian military industrial complex. So, um, he's at odds with Prigozhin. Prigozhin is very close to Vladimir Putin. Uh, he was his personal chef. Pergozin's not a military man. He did not come from the military, contrary to popular belief. He was never a soldier. He is a celebrity chef, or I should say was. It's definitely looking like uh, he died in that plane crash um, if he was on that plane. If he was on that plane. So we'll see. Always anything with anything involving Russia, give it a little bit of time. Give it a little bit of time. There's a lot of kabuki theater with them. Anyway, uh, with that said, with that said, and, and that disclaimer out of the way, he's flying back into Moscow from Belarus. Okay. What's going on in Belarus right now? Well, the American embassy is uh, putting out some warnings and telling everybody that is an American citizen to get the hell out of Belarus right now. There is at least some rumors that the American mission in Minsk is uh, set to be evacuated. And um, there's a lot of obvious reasons for that. Uh, I think that the, the uh, mobilization against Ukraine... Uh, in, in the final hammer and anvil, uh, the hammer was set up by the pivot move that, uh, the, the quote unquote false coup or fake coup or failed coup or whatever the mainstream media is calling it. Uh, that's actually what was going on is that was a, a cover for action to get them into Belarus. And it was a pretty slick move. Um, but Pergozin's not a military man. He's not a military strategist. He doesn't have a military background. Someone close to him does, however. See, I always contended that Pergozin was Putin's ace in the hole. That's his man. That's his chief deputy. That's his guy who is going to do everything that he says. Hey, this is what you are going to do. And Wagner has always been, from its outset, a production of the Russian GRU. They've been connected at the hip to them. 
If you didn't know, of course, a lot of people know about the KGB. The GRU is the military intelligence arm, right? So, with that said, Putin is is really the one that Wagner is answering to, right? It's the way that it is structured. It's the way it's always been structured. And a lot of their uh, trigger pullers they have now, this is replicants of the old penal battalions that uh, the uh, Soviet army, the old Red Army, utilized because, you know, they literally went to the prisons and they're like, hey, comrade, you can either grab an AK and probably die for the, the fatherland or you can uh, maybe survive and it'll be better than doing the Slav squat on frozen concrete. What do you say? Um, and that is how they got their army. Okay, that is where they drew them from. Meanwhile, the conventional military, the regular military, has been holding their position on the lines with those uh, those giant minefields. This is classic uh, Russian military doctrine. goes back to uh, World War II with uh, General Zhukov. This was his strategy for holding terrain and creating those pockets, right? In Syria, we saw this, so those pockets. Well, it's also known as a hammer and anvil movement where you set up a support by fire that serves as the anvil and they kind of slow their cadence down. Meanwhile, the hammer is, is what is pivoting and sweeping around and you're doing this in a large scale. Well, right now they're playing a game of risk doing it with countries. Well, that leaves us with Sergei Shoigu. So out of this whole movement deal, Sergei Shoigu ended up looking the worst. He looked the weakest coming out of this. Um, the, even the Russian state media was not painting him in a good light. And so this was very disrespectful. And because he's close to several oligarchs in the Russian equivalent of a military industrial complex, you can't just let that go. Hey, you know, all right, this is what we're going to do now setting the stage for this. And again, this is all my theory. I obviously don't know if this is really what happened, but we may know a little bit more about it in the coming days or weeks or maybe as long as a month. Uh, you know, the, the Russians don't don't really exist on New York time. Uh, they do things on, on their own schedule. Uh, they, they exhibit a strong amount of strategy behind things they do. You don't always know what it is. But yesterday, yesterday, there was a drone strike in Moscow. Uh, now, it was assumed, especially by myself and, and a lot of other people, the OSINT crowd, and so on and so forth, that it was a Ukrainian drone. We assume that it was. right? Everybody assumes that it was. But how do we really know? Uh, we, we don't. Uh, we're certainly not there. We didn't see the post-blast analysis. We didn't see wreckage from it. You have no way of verifying any of that information. But you just assume. I mean, they are at war with Ukraine. There's a peer-on-peer adversary, right? Well... Maybe, maybe not. That part is irrelevant. But what is relevant is that the Russian anti-aircraft and air defense forces were on high alert after that. They would already have the posture to be able to shoot down any aircraft coming into Russian airspace. Ooh. And if you look at a map, 
and you look at that that flight plan, you look at where it was taking them. You know, just saying, it's a pretty devious plan. It is my belief, and this is this is my breakdown. And I, again, I, it's it's a hundred percent me. I believe that Sergei Shoigu is the one who is behind it. The Russian defense minister is the one who brought down Prigozhin. And this is a, a um, you know, hey, you are not going to outdo me. You didn't come up through the ranks like I did. You're not a military man. I'm not going to take any shit off of you. You know, you called us incompetent. You blamed us for the failures. You blamed us for a lot of stuff. You were very disrespectful. We're not going to take that. And that's a message to Putin as well. You're not as untouchable as you think you are, right? Maybe, maybe not. And I was having a, a conversation with a, a friend who's fairly knowledgeable on all of this. And, and we were kind of talking about this right before going on the air. And he said, well, you know, who's going to end up taking Pergozin's place? Well, that remains to be seen. Um, because it, it does need to be competently managed, but you have to understand that Pergozin was very much a figurehead. Okay, he was very much a figurehead. He, I highly doubt that he was calling the day-to-day shots because, again, he's not a military man. Okay, he is there to report to Putin exactly what is going on, right, and to do all of Putin's bidding. They've had a lot of activities in South America, Nicaragua in particular. I shared a piece just a couple of days ago. Nicaragua is deepening its ties within BRICS, and that includes military ties as well. Um, Getting ready to build ballistic missile, uh, the, the infrastructure to house ballistic missiles. I need to be specific in what I'm saying there. This is a really, really big deal. And right now I'm waiting on some corroborating evidence, some corroborating stories to come out of that so we can get some some better detail on exactly how this is going to break down. Um, But Wagner has a agreement with Nicaragua to provide supplemental law enforcement capability uh, should there be any sort of color revolutionary activities, right? Like we saw in Venezuela, like we saw in Cuba, in uh, half-hearted, at least in my estimation, half-hearted attempts at trying to overthrow those regimes. So um, it, it, we're going to see how this is going to work out. I think that um, this is certainly an interesting turn of events. Um you know, how is it going to change things long term? I don't think that it will that much, but it certainly is significant. It is going to shake things up inside Russia, though. Uh, that will happen, mark my words. And one of the potential outcomes may be seeing the death of the Russian defense minister himself. Uh, so there might be some internecine assassinations going on back and forth. Um you know, it, it, it's certainly going to be interesting. Uh, maybe uh, kind of like an episode of The Sopranos. I don't know. But with that said, folks, it has been great to be back on the air. Of course, Sons of Liberty Live is going to be on the air. I got a bunch of emails from you out there. Where the hell were you at last Thursday? Hey, man, we are going to be on the air tomorrow night. I promise. 
I promise. And we've got some really cool interviews that are going to be coming up as well. Next class on the calendar is the three-day compressed RTO course out in Tennessee. All right, out in Tennessee. You're definitely going to want to get in on that. That's going to be the last time that we're doing the RTO course this year. Okay, this year, in public at least. I've got a couple of private obligations, but that's going to be the last time that we're doing it in public. You're going to want to get in on it. I'm just telling you, you know, RTO, advanced RTO, we're taking elements uh, of both and compressing them into a three-day class. So you're going to want to get in on that. It is right around the corner, folks, right around the corner. I think we're literally three weekends away from it, and I've got just two slots left in that class. Only two. So, uh, So, with that said... Uh, training right now needs to be your maximum priority. All right, that needs to be your maximum priority. Rushbeater.store, store, the training, the gear, everything that you need to get yourself more capable and more dangerous for a world, uh, the world ahead that is uh, really getting more and more unpredictable by the day. Uh, quick shout out to some of the other show sponsors out there. Of course, Blacksmith Publishing, my good friends Paul LeFevre and Mike Blackburn, hosts of the Pinelander podcast, which I've been a guest on several times. Um, their book, the U.S. Army Small Unit Tactics Handbook, I think is a must read, needs to be on your professional bookshelf. Of course, speaking of books, Civil Defense Manual, civildefensemanual.com, two-volume set written by Jack Lawson as well as a lot of other authors. I wrote the communications chapter in that book, and I think that you'll find it highly informative and highly enjoyable. With that said, folks, good night, stay safe, keep your wits about you, and I'll talk to you again very, very soon. This is NC Scout, out.